Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best show from the past that the world has to offer. We might be saying goodbye to Black History Month, but for the next month, we'll be celebrating Women's History Month. So that means looking back at some of the best TV shows and cartoons starring the most iconic female characters. And we start with Penny Crayon and Angela Anaconda. And we take a special look at a special little girl who may be small, but inside she's tall. Yes, it's Madeline, it's Madeline. We hope you have it straight. And without further ado, let's get started. Yes, that's right. Do you feel the power of the woman? And it is Women's History Month and joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. How's it going, man? I thought you were going to like um, introduce a, a woman then. <laughs> well, we're, we're working on that. We're working on that. So uh, hopefully that will uh, be the case in the coming, in the coming weeks. So... Uh, Watch this space, guys. We're going to try and make it as uh, women-friendly as possible. And uh, if you still want to get involved, honestly, it's it's not too late. But as so, I said before, don't be mad at me if uh, we don't if we don't do it as as justice as humanly possible. All right, bear bear with us for this month. Right, let me let me try and get my notes ready so we could. So we can kick this off in style. Right, we're going to start with Ruffles Notes. Angela Anaconda. That's the first thing that just comes up. And we're going back to... September. No. October 1999. And some of the things happening in the world. Gunmen opened fire in the Armenian parliament. Killing Prime Minister Vezgen Sarsgyan. Parliament Chairman Karen Demirchian and six other members. The sixth billionth person in the world, according to the UN, is born in Bosnia and Herzegovina in Sarajevo. Roman Catholic Church and Lutheran Church leaders sign the Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification, ending a centuries-old doctrinal dispute over the nature of faith and salvation. As you can tell... I think we had done a show in October 1999 and we've uh, exhausted all the news from that month. So the next show that comes out in this uh, month and year, just going to have to repeat this stuff. Fight Club was in the cinema and Sunshine by Gabrielle was in the charts. See, what I'm going to try and do with this charts stuff is try and find as much women as possible who are in the charts for for this month. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and keep away from uh, blokes being number one or even number two, regardless of where where they are in the world. So uh, that's my plan. And uh, we go to Angela Anaconda. So this was a Canadian children's television series created by Joanna Ferrone and Sue Rose. And Sue Rose is the voice of uh, Angela Anaconda. 
And it centers on the adventures of the aforementioned girl Angela in the fictional town of Tapwater Springs. Now the show features cutout animations in which characters are created using black and white photographs. The production studio Core Digital Pictures used elastic reality software to superimpose models' faces onto computer-generated bodies and backgrounds. So that was quite a trip. If like for the first time you're watching it, you're like, this is quite weird and creepy. Yep. And that's, <laughs> that's one of one of the things you just can't help. But you're like, oh, what the hell is this? What am I watching? And uh, I think it got quite mixed reviews from uh, critics, as well as actually getting some uh, some pleasing ratings. You got Barb Stew from The Ledger saying that while the humour doesn't always come off, the show is sometimes quite funny. The Rome News Tribune was critical of the show, the show's look and feel, stating that the series' unique cut-out style of animation seems trendy for its own sake. I think I'm uh, inclined to agree with that take. I think it would have just been simpler just to have a cartoon where it's just a cartoon. Yeah. And Scott Moore of the Washington Post said that Angela Anaconda was more imaginative than anything ever seen in art class. And co-creator Sue Rose did an interview with the New York Times. And despite having a primarily female cast, she said that the, the show had become popular with both genders. And what she said was, and I quote, the most frequent feedback we get is from parents of boys. They say, my boys watch it and they love it. I never thought they would. So these aren't just girl shows, they're kids shows. And while it was on Fox Kids, it constantly received high ratings and was commonly marathoned by the channel. I can't imagine sitting down for like an afternoon and just watching Angela Anaconda. No, that's not that's not an ideal afternoon for me. <laughs> However, the show holds a 4.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb and often criticised online for its animation. And despite all of that, it got nominated twice for an Emmy for Outstanding Special Class Animated Programme. It won an Anansi Award for Best TV Animation Programme and a Gemini Award for Best Animated Programme or Series. Before I pass on to you, just a quick of the uh, the characters obviously you got Angela Anaconda the main character she's tomboyish imag- imaginative freckled faced and she eschews the femininity commonly associated with other girls her age there's Johnny Abati who's quite a, a sweet but dim boy of Italian accent of, of Italian descent Gina Lash is her best mate and she is the smartest child in her grade, possessing encyclopedic knowledge and a voracious appetite. And then you got Gordy Reinhardt, who's like a, a geeky, sensitive, artistic boy who likes writing poetry, housework and pressing flowers as opposed to more dangerous activities. There's Nanette Manoir, who is like the... Not the frenemy, but like she's always to and fro with Angela. 
She's a bit of a teacher's pet who speaks with a snobbish faux French accent when she speaks. And then you've got Mrs. Ephigenia Brinks, who's the middle-aged woman and dedicated third-grade teacher with a rather masculine voice. Now, Angela Anaconda, let's uh, let's talk about it. Did you remember this show as a kid? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, did you? I, I didn't really. I can't remember where it was broadcast. I don't either. Um, but I remember watching it and... So when I when I turned it on again, I, I was first thing I thought was, "What the hell is this? <laughs> this shouldn't be a kids show. It's too creepy. Like the weird, like black and white faces. It's, yeah, everyone looks like dead. They're, yeah, they're just like grey and it's weird. And I was like, "What the hell?" And then I remembered. I was like, oh, "Hang on a minute. I watched this as a kid, and I didn't like it as a kid. Like I thought it, <laughs> it was one of those shows that was on, and then you'd be off." I mean, I I had heard of it, like Angela Anaconda. It's it that that name alone rings a bell, but yeah. I don't remember watching it. I couldn't tell you if CBBC had it or CITV. If I had to lean one way, I would say perhaps CBBC showed it, mm. but again, I I have no idea. I didn't watch it. I before last week, I couldn't really tell you anything anything about it and yeah as as i'm sure with a lot a lot of people they saw the animation and were creeped the f out yeah it's really jarring like watching watching this because it's kind of like the closest thing i could to could compare it to would, would be south park it has that kind of like jer- yeah. jerky you know style animation and but it's just with like real people's faces and that is just the weirdest thing i can't get my head around it yeah that's why that's why i was saying that one of the uh the critics was saying that they were trying to be too clever for their own good essentially and yeah that's exactly what i think about this show you're 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 trying to be too clever you see if it was just a simple cartoon i'm not even yeah it's just a simple cartoon straightforward there are bits of it where I can look at it and think, you know what, I, 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 I like it. Even as I was watching the creepy stuff, there were little moments, there were little moments and, and flashes where I thought, this could, this could be decent still, but... I think, like, I see it, I, I, I'm agreeing with you completely. I think it's like, the, the actual content was, wasn't too bad. Um, although I found it a little bit all over the place, very hard to keep up with. Yeah. Um... But the animation was very off-putting. I think the off the animation should have been on an a- like an adult cartoon, yeah, like you know with more adult content, and I think that would have worked. But to have that as a kids show when it's just weird and creepy, it didn't kind of work. The two ideas clashed too much for me. Like the weird animation with a nice kind of cartoon and and good uh, morals thing, it it was really off-putting. I thought anyway. And the show itself was like very scatty. Like they seemed to be here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> and at one point, I didn't realize there were two episodes in the clips I was watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 basically one and two. Yeah. Yeah, and I was a bit like, why are they? I was watching, and I was. Well, we'll touch on this later. But as I was, like, watching an episode, they were they were doing one thing, and then all of a sudden they were going to a completely different area, and I was like, what, 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 what have <laughs> I missed? <laughs> and I missed just a little title yeah. card, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's. 
Yeah, I found it a very strange cartoon. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, what what I will say is, hmm, I'm trying to figure out, like, for Angela Anaconda, you would think that the main character would be someone who is endearing. Yeah. But she's not. No, she's she's a bit of like an anti snob. Yeah. She's a b- which which might be cool in, in some way. So she's kinda like this third grader who's really, really What's third grade? Is that year three? Year three. So they look they're acting like they're in like what, secondary school? No. Yeah, no, it's in like the They're kids. They're they are not. I was gonna say toddlers, but no. They're the, the, they're, they're very much like eight, nine-year-olds. The stuff they're doing in school, yeah, but not like the way they're acting. They're acting like teenagers. In what way? I just feel like it's like when you're a kid, it doesn't matter if you've got like a million pounds or if you've got one pound. And kids are kids, and they what you really got to remember is obviously they're not British kids. They they're Canadian kids, so obviously the culture and. Yeah. Life out there is going to be a lot different, but I mean, if it was teenagers, then there would have been like boys chasing girls and all of that stuff. They were very, very much kids. I wasn't, I wasn't under the illusion of there were anything other than eight, nine-year-old kids. Yeah, I guess you're right. Actually, I didn't think about that. I was just thinking more of like the whole. It's only when you get into secondary school I found, from my own experience, that people start realizing about people that are well off and people that aren't well off. Yeah, like you know, like rich kids and poor kids. You know, I, oh, as kids, we knew about all of that. Even in primary school. Yeah, if someone's rich, is someone who isn't rich. If someone's poor. Oh no, we only knew about that in secondary school. Well, I only knew about that in secondary school. Oh, wow, <laughs> I think I think that's the nice sheltered life <laughs> that you live. But like, it's of course it's it's sometimes it's there and you can't avoid it. Yeah, no, I yeah, I know, but it's um yeah, but I I felt like she was a bit. Maybe it was just the way the show was geared up. Maybe the creator had a, had some beef with rich kids, but it was very like the rich kid is the baddie and she's always a snob and she's always like self centered and this and that and the other. She kind of was, to be fair. No, no, I'm saying, but I'm saying the character was, yeah. But what? But maybe that. What was her name? Um. <laughs> Nick- N- uh, nanny, nanny, something or other. Yeah, I did write it down. Nanette, n- n- I can't remember. Her last Nanette Manoir. Nanette Manoir. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I like saying that. I mean, obviously, um, what's her name? Um, Angela just makes up names like nicknames for her. Well, yeah, but but uh, but one thing I did also notice that they all just call each other by their full names. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, Gina Lash, let's go out, Gina Lash. It would be like. John Abati, let's go out and was it L J Wagaborn? Wagadorn. Wagadorn. They're already forgotten, have we? Yeah, but I haven't sort of, haven't a lot forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the grammar was there, but <laughs> but no. Um, what I was gonna say. Um, with with Angela, what I will say is, I would imagine there would have been like a lot of, actually not a lot, but. There'll always be like the one girl at school who was like that, who was yeah, yeah. the girly girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what Angela represents. Maybe it's like, it's like the in betweeners for like for kids. I wouldn't go that far again. I no, I'm not comparing it to in betweeners, but what I'm saying is it's, it's targeting a very specific like type of person. 
if you see what I mean. But they're not an in-between. They they are a set personality. No, no, but what I mean... Never mind. No, but no, because in, in-between it would mean that no, you're no, not no. quite a geek and you're not quite cool. You're just in the middle. Whereas if you're deliberately being a, a tomboy, then you would be cast off as one particular group. Yeah, but what I meant was it was targeting... It was like targeting like a specific like type you know do you know like you got like you said you got the geeks and your in-betweeners and your popular kids at school and then you got the tomboys i think this was geared towards like the tomboy kind of kids like yeah so do you know what i mean not, yeah because they 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 line up somewhere yeah whereas in-betweeners don't and that's the, the point of it yeah so uh, let's talk about episodes that we watched right i mean can i be honest i struggled with this show like i struggled with I struggled with the um the the pace of the, of the uh of the episodes I struggled with the storyline of the episodes I struggled with the the animation like not just like it was just hard it yeah. was hard work to watch the show yeah um so the first one I'm not sure if it was the I'm guessing it was the the uh the the pilot was his, was it pet peeves yeah pet peeves yeah so that was the one where they had to vote for a field trip they got like a field trip coming on and the kids get to vote i mean wish we got to vote as kids as where to go on yeah on. i think i must have been to every museum in essex as a kid yeah I mean, did we have a, a, a say in the matter i mean we went to a quarry once <laughs> why and we got to we didn't even get to do anything the, the most exciting thing i was we gonna did, say what are you gonna do in a quarry the most exciting thing we did on the quarry was go up into the control room and then do you know the little shoots where you put the 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 message in a bottle kind of thing and you close it and it shoots up yeah go somewhere that's a, that's what we did is the most exciting thing and that was like the weight the this i think it was uh the trucks had to be weighed on the scale they put the weight on and they put it up for the tube and then they said okay that's fine and then put it back up the tube and send it to the driver and the driver could go anyway i don't know why we're talking about quarries but anyway um I mean, you're you were unlucky enough to go to one as a kid. So yeah, I mean, I, I remember that school trip quite well because it was literally only four miles from my school. I don't know wh- why did they. T- I mean, in Angela wanted to go to a monster truck rally, which don't really exist here, but that that'd be quite cool. But imagine being able to vote. Where would you go if you could? If you're a kid and you're in year three, and you had to vote for a place, what would you vote for? As a school trip? Yeah. I don't know, probably Legoland. Yeah, or Soft Play or something like that. Would be quite cool. <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd have to be something like that. You can't really go anywhere big or major. We had this um, thing when we were kids, and there was a place called, it was called Big Sky, and they had, um, uh, it was called the Magic Mountain, right? And it was, you know, like a bouncy castle. Right. But it was like, it was, uh, when I, uh, I'm not sure how tall it actually was in real life, but when I was a kid, this thing was enormous. <laughs> and it was like a giant mountain. It was really hard to climb up it and it was surrounded by like a ball pit. That was the most incredible thing, man. <laughs> All right, back back to it. Uh, back to it. Um, school trips. Um, yeah, so they had to vote for the school trip. One of the bits that made me laugh was when they, she goes and asks her dad if she can have some money and he just straight up just says no <laughs> and then walks away from her. <laughs> um, yeah, and... See, going on from what I'm a bit like, kind of all over the place with this. I've written in my notes. I don't even know what's going on. Has a random nasty dream about a girl, and then go to a space museum, drops rock rock into exhibit, and gets kicked out when she tried to get it. Now that's when I realised that it went on to another episode. 
Oh god. So she w- went from that and into a space museum episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think it was also I think they tried to do a, a fundraising thing. Yeah. In order and then whoever raises the most money gets to go to their field trip. And the uh, the, the uh, what's her name? The popular kid like raised like three hundred dollars or something. Yeah. Which, and yeah, I, I, I don't I don't really remember how that one ended. <laughs> uh, in, I, I found, but the thing is, I th- it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention to the episode. I just found the episode was like all over the show, and I think it's probably on getting to grips with the animation and whatever. Anyway, I went to straight on to episode two. Um, I think it was icebreakers. Um, so it's like a they had like an ice skating lesson. It was kind of like a is nor- that the second one after pet peeves? Then well, there was a space museum one. Oh, I didn't watch well, that. Where they go on, they went to like a space museum and they got to meet an astronaut. Um, and she gets, she, she tries to get her, she, she has a space rock and her dad says, go and check if, with the astronaut if this is a real space rock. And then she drops it and it went into an exhibition, which was real moon rocks. And she tried to get it and the alarms went off and she got told off. She gets booted out the um, museum. And then I haven't written any more notes about that, so I guess it finished. Um, Icebreakers was when they went to uh, an ice skating thing, and it was kind of their first time ice skating. And then the the popular kid Nanette Manoir, she goes onto the ice and she's like, "Oh, this is my first lesson." And she's doing all these twirls and skating around. And the 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 guy was like, "Oh, that's really good," but later on in the episode they said, "Oh, it's it's her first public lesson." She'd been having private lessons for oh. God knows how long. Um, and then she crashes into Angela and it breaks her arm. And then Nanette signs it. And it's got her... She gets annoyed because it's got her... Um, she does calligraphy and it's got it's kind of fancy. Um, and also she's got a day glow cast. And so when she turns, it, turns the light off, she can still see it. And I think that's when the episode finishes. Um, then I watched You're So Vain. I watched You're So Vain too. It was actually quite a good, funny episode, to be honest. This was one of the episodes that I got on with the most. Yeah. So this is when they all had to write a poem about something that was influential in their lives. Right? So Angela writes it about her dog. <laughs> yeah. And the teacher thinks it's about her. Uh, yeah. Because um, it's kind of... Most of it's ambiguous. And there's a bit about the black, cold, wet nose or something like that. <laughs> and she kind of... Yeah. Kind of, kind of like chooses to ignore that bit and she still thinks... Um, and then what's her name? Nanette said, "Oh, I want to uh, my poem to win," but she writes it about um, Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. Marie yeah. Antoinette. Yeah, and then and then I got I got on my notes. Marie Antoinette was Austrian and not French. Oh, really? I think I noticed a couple of mistakes, but I'm not sure if it was this one or the other one. I think she's referred to as the French Queen. Yeah. Yeah, Marie yeah. Antoinette, but she's Austrian. Austria. Um, yeah, and then so, uh, what's her name? Nanette drops her in it and says, like, the poem's not about you, teacher. It's about the dog. And the teacher gets embarrassed and mad and sends um, Angela outside to dust off the, um, sorry, to bang off the dust on the uh, white uh, blackboard erasers things. Yeah. And then... And Nanette comes and gets her and says, you've got to come inside now. She goes, okay, let's go inside. And she smacks her on the back with like a chalk hand. Um, So she's got like a chalk thing on her silk dress. And that is as much Angela Anaconda as I could stomach. (laughs) 
Right, because, yeah, you, you also watch Pet Peas and you're so vain. Yep. I watched Who's Sorry Now. So, Tapwater Springs Elementary School is visited by Prince Abdul Khalid Jabala Saldin, who is a wealthy and snobbish prince from Saudi Arabia. He immediately falls for Nanette Manoir. And so he's like, oh, she's perfect. She's great. She's all this. And so the teacher is like, Mrs. Mrs. Brinks is like, oh, we need someone to show the prince around. And so they're drawing straws. And it looked like John Ab- Johnny Abati had the long straw. And so Angela swaps with Johnny. And so she ends up with the with the long straw. And so she's going around with, uh, with the prince. And basically... The prince was like, he's like, I, I want to spend time with Nanette. I don't want to spend time with you. And basically, he gets into a fight, I think, with uh, Angela. And so he's like, oh, Angela, you're really, really cool. You're like getting into a fight with me and everything. And he's all like, well, do you want to be my uh, my wife? I'm going to propose to you. And she's all like, oh, OK, I'm going to be a... Uh, a queen or whatever and i'm going to be able to live the live the lavish life and and all of that good stuff but then he's like oh no you have to cover up because the queen has to cover up and you can't eat all this kind of food and she's thinking oh this is this is all a bit this is all a bit rubbish i don't i don't want to want to do any of that and one of the things i noticed about this episode is just like the clichés and the was, deep, mysterious music and... Was this post 9-11? This was before. So gearing up towards the... Uh, uh, in 99, so... What episode is it? What season? This is like at season one. Oh, so, so this is probably when, uh, for all you conspiracy theory lovers, <laughs> this is when the, uh, the propaganda started. <laughs> right before the millennium. And yeah, it was just one of those episodes where you're just like, oh my God, really? It's one of those uh, file it under, if this was 2020, this would never have made it to air episodes. Of, yeah, uh, yeah. We found quite a few of those, to be fair. We have. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think, I think we're going to like ban cartoons forever by the end <laughs> of like... Uh, yeah, actually, we can't really show these cartoons anymore because... They're not politically correct and fit for purpose in 2020. I'm not. I'm not sure how this episode even ended. I think it just ended with Angela going, "Yeah, I don't really want to be your wife. I don't really want to get married to you. I don't think so I want to what... live that kind of life." And so he just disappears off on his plane and never to be seen again. I think like, that's one of the things I noticed about Angela Anaconda is you forget how it ends. It's so. Like the the episodes are very like unmemorable. Is that if that's even a word? Forgettable. Yeah, like you don't even. It is very care. forgettable. Yeah, it's just there. There isn't there isn't a real structure to it, which makes it incredibly difficult to to follow. Yeah. Next episode I watched was the hundred yard lash, and so. There's a annual class relay race and they're all picking teams. And the top secret prize is initialed MB. 
and that stands for Mappison's Bakery. That's Gina's favorite one. And so while they're all picking the teams, they're all thinking, oh, where are we going to go? We, we don't really know what the prize is. And so I think they get lumbered. I think Angela gets lumbered with Gina Lash, even though she's like the slowest. And I think they somehow end up not winning the race. And again, this was one of those where it was really didn't make sense and it's forgettable. But off the top of my head, I believe that Nanette's team cheat. And they end up winning. And the prize isn't the, the bakery. It turns out that the runner-up prize was the bakery. And so they're all going, oh, no, no, no. Maybe we should have finished second. And maybe we should not have not have won the race. And I skipped season two and went all the way to the final. The, so like the final two episodes. So the first one was the the non non fight, and Angela's mom Geneva, she gets into a fight with her childhood friend Koki Fowler about something petty or another, and Angela and Gina don't want to to be like her mom. They want they want they don't want to like fight or argue. And they basically end up getting distant because of it. And they're all getting in each other's face. And then they just stop talking to each other. And then it makes the situation worse. Because obviously they can't really discuss their problems if they're not talking to each other. And the resolution. I think they somehow come together again. And. I think Angela's trying to encourage her mum to talk to her friend and patch up whatever problems they have. And I think the mum was like, oh, this is the reason why we argued in the first place. It was because of this pointless yoga, yoga, uh, yo-yo, <laughs> yoga. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you could see how much I love Angela Anaconda. <laughs> And so they're playing about with a yogo, which is like a yo yo yo, but but I don't know, whatever. Yeah, that episode happened, and then the finale, thank God, was driving me crazy, and basically they all want to go to a raffle, but they all end up ditching Angela. And Angela goes to this raffle and she ends up winning a car. And they're all going to Angela. Well, well, we should all have turns with the car. But I didn't really understand that logic because you all ditched Angela. Angela won the car. And so basically one of the other characters, I can't even remember her name. And I don't really care for her name. And so she's explaining the story of uh, King Solomon. And I think this story was about how there was two women who were arguing over a baby. And I think the king was like... Oh, chop it in half. Yeah, chop it in half. And I think the real mum was like, no, 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 don't chop it in half. That's The real mum was like, give it to the other lady. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I can't bear to see the baby be cut in half. So just give it to the other lady and then that's how king solomon clocked on that 
that was the real mum. And so this friend was like, let's see who cares about the the car the most. And whoever cares about it the most should be able to keep it. And then it ends with the random friend just driving off with the car. And I think she's hoodwinked and bamboozled them all and drives off into the night. And thank God that is Angela Anaconda. And I don't really have anything more to say about this show. Do you? Um, I just want to kind of defend it a little bit because I feel like it's got a really hard time. But I feel like the animation... It's not was... the worst thing I've watched. No, I think the animation... By far. So there you go. The animation was really good. Like, as in, no, it wasn't good. It was innovative. Diff- yeah, it was innovative. Yeah, it was, and it was different, and it was. I just think it was misplaced. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's that's, that's a pretty good way to say it. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's it's not awful, and it's not the worst cartoon that we have watched on uh, on Nessie's Capers. Close though. No. I think Biker Mice from Mars is in league of its own. <laughs> it's going to have to take something as spectacularly horrific. I mean, I could watch Biker Mice from Mars. I couldn't really. This is, this is hard. No. This is hard to watch. No, I would, I would rather watch Andra Anaconda than Biker Mice from Mars. I never want to watch that show again. Ever. I don't even know why I bought it up. Shoot. <laughs> You're going to wind yourself up. I don't even, I, Move I, on. I, I don't even know why I bought it up. There you go, yeah. Right, okay. Done. Moving on. And now we come on to Penny Crayon. And we're going back to September 1989 again. This is probably the 10th show of this month and year. I've got, I've got an idea. Maybe next week, instead no. of doing September, we do March. Well, that's not that's not the whole point. The show didn't come out in March. It came out in September. No, but it's Women's Month in March, isn't it? Maybe there's something more interesting. If it's September, we move it to March. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's, 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 it's fine. Whatever. Archbishop Desmond Tutu leads the biggest anti-apartheid protest in South Africa. Nintendo Company Limited celebrates its 100th anniversary. Nearly 7,000 East Germans who had come to Prague on special refugee trains are allowed to leave for the West. Black Rain was in the cinemas. And Cold Hearted by Paula Abdul was number one. And so now we're talking about Penny Crayon, which was an animated children's television series that tells the adventures of a very intellectual and well-meaning but occasionally mischievous schoolgirl who loves to draw and her escapades accompanied by her best friend Dennis and she uses magic crayons where she brings everything she draws to life to aid them on their adventure or to get them out of tricky situations and usually creating a world of chaos until it's either rubbed out or washed away now we don't really know the origins of penny crayon and it was never really explained in the series because it was like 10 episodes and done but the series creator peter maddox actually released a prequel story along with an adaptation of the episode dickens of a mess and he told and he tells the story of how penny came to have her magic crayons now this was uh this was a, a program that was made by the maddox animation 
and they previously produced Jimbo and the Jet Set and the Family Ness. And they utilized pretty much the same production staff as well as featuring the vocal talents of Peter Hawkins in all three shows. Penny Crayon had first appeared as a story read in Play Days. And basically in the story, they would read it to children about Penny Crayon and how she would draw things like going to the zoo and she'd be able to draw all the animals and all the animals would come to life and cause havoc. And it was one of those where they liked it so much that they thought you know what let's try and pitch it and let's try and get it onto television i think kids might like it i think it might be one of those where we can make this work as a as a visual thing where people are seeing it on tv there aren't really much to say about characters there's only really penny and dennis so obviously Penny Crayon is a highly intelligent and resourceful girl with a very thick northern accent. I'm guessing Yorkshire. She loves drawing. She's got magic crayons. And she was voiced by comedy actress Sue Pollard. And you got Dennis who's like always pining after Penny. He's like excitable, good-natured, simple boy. But obviously we don't really know who he is and what his story is. But yeah, that's uh, that's some of the characters. Penny Crayon, did you remember this growing up? Nope. I don't, you didn't? No, no, no. I don't, I don't remember this. I, I didn't know of it. I didn't, haven't heard of it. Didn't remember it. Nothing. Wow. Did you? Yeah. What you channel was it? very well. Like CBBC. This was a CBBC thing. I'm starting to think I was more of an ITV guy because there's a lot of these CBBC ones I've missed. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but um, with with Penny Crayon, like I said, it it originally started off on uh, Play Days as uh, as one of the stuff you just pick up as a book. Oh, look, here's a book, Penny Crayon. She's got blonde hair and yeah, and whatnot. And then because people liked it so much, and because I think some of the uh, producers kind of had an idea for, oh, why don't we put it on TV and see see how it goes maybe it didn't go that well because they only literally had like 10 episodes and they were pretty much i think that was like the typical british cartoon unless they were given a, a really long run like danger mouse yeah. you'll often find with these british shows that they only really went for like a year yeah and we're going to probably find out with some of the other stuff that we'll end up doing if you think there's like the actual the money in tv like the British TV and film was like not that great, man. Like, no, it should be a lot better, but it's just not. With 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 Penny Crayon and other British cartoons, it was always a case. Like I was saying, this they don't they don't go on for long. It's very short, very sweet, to the point, and they'll just repeat it all the time. So there'll be reruns to death. So that's how I was watching Penny Crayon. And Poddington Peas and Family Ness and all these, all these other cartoons. And unless they get remade, like uh, like Fireman Sam did, or or even Postman Pat, you'll see. Like even in the original version, I can't imagine that they did more than more than two seasons, more than two 
more than two series. Yeah. Just quickly on a side note, when they do remake these shows like Fire and Sam and things like that, even Tom was a tank engine to a degree, it takes some magic away from it. like watching Fire and Sam as Fire and Sam as a kid really liked it. Like the, yeah, you know, just the actual like real animation. As soon as they look, kind of made it CGI, I don't know. There's something lost. It takes the magic away. Yeah, I, it, I know. I know what you mean. I thought that um, going back to Penny Crayon. Um, I thought that the the first thing I wrote down was that the the theme tune was really catchy. I really like the theme tune. Yeah, that's like etched in my brain as a kid. Um, and I was like, "Uncommon is a kind of freshy." So this was like, this is okay. And it was a bit like, I mean, she was like, her voice was piercing, like <laughs> <laughs> that northern accent. Yeah, it was like it kind of almost. Oh, like, don't worry, Dennis. I'll draw up a lion and then we go to zoo <laughs> and the strong northern, strong northern accent. But I, I, I thought she was incredibly endearing. I, I like Penny Crayon a lot. I see. I think like initially, she was grating on me so hard, and I was like, but I never realised how take those... northern she was. Yeah, but that's. I think that's maybe. It's probably not what was annoying me about her, but she, but her voice was very piercing and she was very bossy. And it's and the like, accent. And I was like, I'm gonna snatch those cranes. It's it's the accent. It's definitely the accent. I think if she had a more softer southern accent, or she spoke. I think she like she went to like elocution classes, then it would be completely different. We should do episode Dennis snaps. <laughs> 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 but no, um. I did think the the cartoon was very cute. It was very endearing. What what I quite liked is that in most episodes there was like it was within the story, but there were facts within the story that were like accurate. Yeah. Like um, I can't. I probably won't be able to find a, an example through my notes like, because I need one right now. But I found that it was like I would like be like there was an episode in the Tower of London. And I was following them, and I was like. Actually, that's that's fairly accurate, <laughs> um, which is quite you know it's quite good, and it's it's, it's good that there's like sh- some real things in yeah. there that they're doing, you know? yeah, and it's culturally aware. Yeah, I thought it was a very typical night eighties nineties British cartoon. Yeah, where it's very short, very to the point. There's like a beginning, sets the scene. Oh look, where are we going today? We're going here. Da 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 da, da. and then. Boom, the thing happens, the action happens. Penny would be like, quick, Dennis, I'll draw us a quick exit so we can get out that door. And then boom, and then you got the resolution and then really, really cute, catchy theme song. So Yeah, I thought it was I think it was really well paced in that regard. But I think like a lot of a lot of things like it's almost like they felt like they needed to kind of drag it on a bit. It's like, no man, just like make it Short to the point, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and end it, like, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, and in that era, most of the cartoons were were set up that way. They were yeah. they were built in that in that way, and that's what that's what makes them most of them anyway makes them all incredibly endearing and really really nice to watch. And for me, it's just yeah, it's nostalgia. It's I used to watch Penny Crane all the time as a kid. Whenever I think before school. Used to always come on in the morning before school when you it was it was great it was just it's one of those it's one of those where you're like when you're talking about it with other people you're like oh yeah 
Penny Crayon and a lot of people I knew watched this too, so... I mean, you used to live, like, right next to the school, so you were probably watching cartoons right up until, like, 8.59. We we had to go in. The second whistle was 8.55, so... Could you hear the hit whistle from your house? Yep. Could hear the whistle in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but we'd always try and leave at, like, 8.45. So. Yeah, yeah. Because your mum just wanted probably was like, just leave. Slow walk. Slow walk to the school and... Yeah. Right. So let's uh, talk about episodes we watched because I again I watched uh, a few of these. Yeah, so I watched quite. I watched a f- more than uh, Angela Anaconda, but s- like the f- first of all, like I said, it was actually like a bit annoying. Um, what was Penny Crayon? I found it the first couple of episodes. I was a bit like, man, this is like irritating to watch. Um, <laughs> uh, so the first thing I know, well, the first one, one I watched was Tower Bridge. Yeah, we're not sure if that was a pilot. Or Tower not. of London. Yeah. Um, so it starts off and they're walking over the tower of the tower bridge and they're speaking to the, the copper and the copper's like, what are you doing out yeah. of school or whatever it is? And they said that we have to go to the Tower of London. Um, then the first thing that you see in the Tower of London is a Queen's Guard and I was straight on that. I was like, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> don't have the Queen's Guards at the Tower of London. But then, then the next person they see is a beef eater, so they, they had it correctly there so they go to the tower and then uh what dennis is like swinging a sword around and ends up cutting this painting of um i didn't write his name down but it was the ghost the haunts the white tower can't remember his name anyway so he basically cuts the the portrait of this person and then penny crayon has to uh to to draw him again um and it turns out that now he's uh, he's alive right so whatever she draws comes alive yeah. Uh, and anyway, so, so there's some robbers in the Tower of London that are trying to steal the crown jewels. Um, and the ghost tells them where the jewels are, because obviously the jewels are in a specific place. But yeah. then Penny Crown draws the crown jewels on a table. Mm-hmm. So they're not like real, they're not the real crown jewels, but they come kind of magically come up as looking like crown jewels. Uh, they steal them and they have this boat standing by Traitor's Gate. And then she draws a faster boat and yeah. then um, they circle the robber's boat until it tips over and they all fall in. And because the crown jewels get wet, they disappear. Right. So yeah. Whenever she uses like normal crayon, whenever they get wet, they disappear. So, and then the police come and arrest the, the, uh, the baddies. One thing I was, <laughs> was, was thinking that she just destroyed the evidence <laughs> so now when they arrest them they're going to have nothing on them they'll be released straight away to have another crack probably right they've they've got no fingerprints they've got no jewels anyway um, I'm digressing so then the next one I watched was Cookery Class oh I watched uh, that too it was actually a really good episode I thought this was quite fun bit annoying at the start and it kind of it made me not like Penny Crayon in this episode I thought she was a very manipulative little girl there is an episode about that oh really that that i watched that i thought the same yeah so she she basically like this is there's a tv crew coming right so obviously i'm already like oh my god there's tv so i'm gonna try and spot anything um anyway so they're doing a tv show about the this chef and she's got to draw what the chef's cooking so that he can have the 
so he's and it's a French cook, so he's like snails and frogs legs and she's just drawing these giant snails and giant <laughs> frogs and yeah, you yeah. know they're all coming alive and she's like oh i guess he meant this and draws a mat it's like and that's not what he meant yeah obviously you're not going to eat that are you so just settle down stop being a pain in the neck and anyway he gets fed up and leaves and then she gets her own show so she was trying to trying it the whole time so i actually find that episode really annoying because i thought i found her like like her annoying i've just wanted to yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um anyway, then I went on to watch one about the circus. Yep. Um and she draws a dancing bear for some reason. And then oh th- this is bit this is bit was like genius. Okay. So she she draws a taxi so yeah. she she can go to town to get a ticket. <laughs> and then yeah. he's like that'll be 100 pounds please and then yeah. she just <laughs> rubs him out. <laughs> yeah. Um so I thought that was that was genius. That did make me laugh. Uh and then she goes to the circus but the circus has already got to that point where they're no longer using lions and elephants and yeah. wild animals and things like that because that's really bad and not entertaining in the slightest. Yeah. And so she, she thinks, as Penny Crown does because she's arrogant and she knows best and, and this and the other, <laughs> she goes, I know what I, what I want to do. I, I think this will be better with a lion. So she just draws a lion I think she no, she draws a sea lion at first. Yeah. <clears throat> and then she draws a real lion. And then the fire brigade, they call the fire brigade cause to try, I don't know why they, I was think, I was, I was going to mention this actually about the, they call the fire brigade to, to come and help with the lion. Now the lion, they squirt the lion with water and it disappears because it's a drawing, yeah. right? But I was just thinking like the lion, the fire brigade just seems to be the guys that just show up and save the day. Like it doesn't matter what emergency you have, the fire brigade will just rock up. Cause but they, isn't that their job anyway? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you call, like, you know, you call the police or fire brigade, just rock up. What's up? What's going on? Do you need a ladder? Um, but that's their job. That's what they do. Yeah, but they're a fire brigade. They should only come when there's fire, but they just no, rock up to every other... No, they come for other things too. Yeah, but I think they've had to add that to their... No, they don't. They've, they've always been... They always have to do other things as well as just... It, they're not just there to put fires out. Yeah, but that's because they've... They haven't got enough fires to put out. Like so. other things, like getting a cat from a tree. <laughs> if you drop your glass thermometer on the floor. Yeah, exactly. That's all for the fire brigade. I was watching a thing about um, old fire brigades and how when they were first a thing, they used to like, um, they used to be kind of, they used to be gangs. I'm not sure if this is UK or America. I think America. Gangs, yeah. So there'd be like gangs of people, or gangs of people putting fires out. Yeah, but they'd rush and then they'd fight each other to see who could, who could put the fire out. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Sounds like I, an American. I may, thing. Yeah, I may have just made that up. Um, I think you did. Uh, anyway, so she goes onto the street and there's a real line that's escaped from the zoo, and so she tries to rub out this line and it's not having any of it. It's like I'm gonna eat you now. Um, uh, and I can't remember how, but she. Oh, she draws a stake and then she throws it at the lion and then she draws a cage around the lion and the lion's safe. And then because she saves the day, she gets a circus ticket. So yeah. we kind of loop. <clears throat> uh, next one was Amusement Park. Yep, I think we watched the same stuff. Um, yeah, oh, this is my last one, so I'm guessing you've um, <laughs> you've got quite a few more to talk about. Um, first prize in art competition. There is an art competition and she won first prize because she's I mean, she has to win first prize, right? Because she can draw things that come alive. Um, and for that, she gets amusement park tickets and she can go on all the rides for free. 
And there's some bullies there who want the tickets. So when she goes upside down on a roller coaster, the tickets fall out. The bullies steal them. Um, and then they go on the ghost train. And then they kind of like draw things to uh, the scary ghosts and stuff like that. They actually yep. frighten them and then they, they end up getting the tickets back. Um, and that's all I've written about that episode. But I did write a question. Oh, what I did like about that episode is they uh, she draws like loads of like like doppelgangers of like Penny Crayon. Oh and yeah, so yeah. they're like, "Oh, rub them all out," and then the he Dennis. starts to rub the penny out, and she's like, "No, that's me." <laughs> yeah, I did like that bit. Um, I did ask a, a, a question to ask you though: Have you ever been on a ghost train? I don't think so. I mean, I've been on one in there's a little seaside t- town called Hunstanton, and it's like the rubbishest seaside town ever. It's got like, a fair and things like that, and it's like this. It's I've been to quite a few rubbish seaside towns, so. but it was like what's this one? Hunstanton. It's in the it's in the wash in like a. Hunts. I don't think I've ever heard of Hunstanton. It's quite far away from here, oh. but um, it was the kind of our closest seaside town when we were kids. Right. It was a rub the most rubbish ghost train ever. I mean, we loved it as kids. It was the scariest thing in the whole world. But I'm, pre- <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's a train that just goes into like the back of some like lorry trailer and then just like has some like netting that hangs down over your face and some flashing lights and then it comes out the other end with terrified kids in it <laughs> good stuff um yeah so i watched a dickens of a mess and so actually the last and this is like the the last sort of episodes of of, of penny crayon and this is where i started to have my doubts about penny so basically they go to a budget studio and i love how they just kept saying oh it's budget which means it's very very cheap we can't afford anything that's why we're called budget and so they end up going to a place called a budget film center made budget films only so it was like very cleverly titled and whatnot and so they were like oh we need to cast a boy for a remake of oliver twist or we're going to make a budget version of oliver twist and so the director's like to Dennis, "Oh, you look very good. Let's uh I'm I'm going to hire you." And Penny's like, "Oh, great. We're being hired." And he's like, "Uh not you. I just want the boy." And she's all like, "Oh, that's really really not fair. Why are you not hiring me?" blah 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 blah. And he's just basically like, "Go sit in the corner and don't make any noise." And so they're doing like reading lines and so he obviously has to do the famous please share can i ask you more and 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 all of that and she's just basically causing a ruckus backstage she goes oh oh i'll live on this sort by uh drawing some really famous dickens characters so she's drawing like ebenezer scrooge she's drawing tiny tim whoever is like a a who's who motley crew of Dickens characters and they're just causing a a complete and utter mess and it's like why can't you be there for your friend like your friend's been given this amazing opportunity and you just can't she can't take the back seat yeah she always has to be front and center almost as if the show was called penny crayon exactly man <laughs> well, who does she think she is but um yeah, and so once the film is done, they go to the house of I think uh, I th- oh because they they work a newspaper round. 
so they're delivering a newspaper to someone who happens to be a journalist. And so he's like, oh, you kids are on TV. And they're like, really? How come? Because they're like, oh, this, uh, they decided to make a, a mashup film of Charles Dickens characters. And they're going to use all the footage that they got from when you were causing a ruckus. So, yeah. I like it. And, and uh, the final episode I watched and the finale was Dog Show. So... <laughs> Glad you finished that off then. <laughs> what? No, you just said like you was like um No brain was working too quickly on that one. <laughs> like, dog show. Yeah, dog show. That's what I said, yeah. And so in the, in this episode, Dennis he's entered his dog into some kind of competition, but they can't find him anywhere, and so Penny's like, What if I just draw your dog? And Dennis is like <laughs> We're going to get in trouble. Can you not do this? And uh, she was like, oh, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And, uh, oh, don't be daft, Dennis. We'll draw your dog and we'll end up winning the prize. And then basically she draws Dennis's dog. The dog is really, really good and sensible. And so that dog wins first place. And she's like, oh, I've got a whole bunch of other dogs. So she ends up drawing another dog and Dennis is like, what are you doing? We're cheating. She's like, oh, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And so this next dog wins the competition and all the other competitors and onlookers are all looking suspiciously. And then she draws a third dog and then that dog wins first prize in its own category. And then in the end where they're doing the whole obstacle course, obviously there's a big... Splash of water and all the dogs all go at the same time. She's like, one at a time, one at a time. And they're all going into the whole thing and then they all jump into the water and they were like, what happened to the dogs? And then they're like, uh, yeah, the dogs were fake because I drew them. And they were like, right, get out. You were disqualified. You're a, a cheating little git and dismissed and yeah that was uh, the end of that i mean towards the end yeah i i was watching it and i was like yeah you're you're getting on my swede a bit penny she was a little bit irritating at times but i thought the uh the show itself was was all right um no i i i really liked it i enjoyed watching it again after god knows how long and yeah, like I said, this is, this is a this is one of those nostalgia shows, and obviously we'll go into nostalgia with Madeline shortly. But uh, I was just really glad that they were really short, snappy episodes. Yep. You know, I've as always, as always, that's that, that's always a a qualifying feature for me. Yeah. Short, snappy, to the point. Yeah, not actually, too long. It actually, adds a lot to the cartoon. I think like being shorter makes it so much more easy to digest and stuff. Well, yeah, it, it, and 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 it's not and it's not too time consuming. Yeah, because there's not enough hours in the day to sit down and watch hours and hours and hours of biker mice from Mars. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's pick our fave out of Angela Anaconda and Penny Crayon. Um, so it's it's got to be Penny Crayon for me because it was the least annoying of the two. <laughs> but I have to say, so Penny Crayon started off well and then like 
was like was more annoying towards the end and Angela and O'Connor started off annoying and was less annoying towards the end. So, but I think just because the animation was too weird and they all look like dead people in Angela, Angela Anaconda, I have to choose Penny Crayon. <laughs> yeah, for me this week, it's a no-brainer, Penny Crayon, because it's got the nostalgia. It's It's got a grip on me. I watched it as a kid. I remember it as a kid. The theme song, I remember that so well as a kid. Um, with Angela Anaconda, look, it wasn't the worst show in the world. It's not the worst show we've done. It probably won't be the worst show we'll ever do. But, yeah, the the animation creeped me out. I thought it didn't really make sense from a, a storyline and structure way. So I think it fell short on that. And Penny Crayon, yeah, it was short, simple, to the point. You had a beginning, you had a middle, you had an end. I did like in the end of Penny Crayon that I think Dennis will come up with a joke and she'll be like, oh, I get it. That's dead funny. And ha ha ha. And, and it all ends with a, a laugh and a giggle. And I liked it. So uh, good stuff. And now we come on to the main event. And this is a hell of a main event. Now, Madeline, the TV series that we're going to be focusing on, technically came out in September 1993. But because I've grown to hate the month of September 1993, and we have done September 1993 to death, and because I am petty AF, I've decided to uh, talk about April 1988, which was when the first Madeline special was released. And so we're going to look at stuff that happened in the world in April 1988. What a lovely mundane month. And yeah, I, I love this. So uh, the Geneva Accords, the in the Geneva Accords... The Soviet Union commits itself to withdraw its forces from Afghanistan. The world's longest skyjacking comes to an end when the remaining passengers of Kuwait Airways Flight 422 are released by their captors. Celine Dion wins the Eurovision Song Contest for Switzerland singing Ne Partez Passans Moi in Dublin. Colours was in the cinemas. And Whitney Houston was number one with Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And yeah, so we're going to be talking about Madeline, which is a media franchise that originated as a series of children's books written and illustrated by Ludwig Bemelmans, who was a Austrian-American author. And obviously it's been adapted to films tv series and a live action feature film the adaptations of madeline were famous for the closing line that's all there is there isn't anymore and that was originally used by stage actress ethel barrymore and she gave a performance of sunday 
And that was where she uttered that most famous line. And stories of Madeline were often written entirely in rhyme. And it would include simple themes of daily life and the playful but harmless mischief of Madeline. For instance, in an old house in Paris that was covered in vines, lived 12 little girls in two straight lines. And of course, we love our bread, we love our butter, and most of all, we, we love, love each, each other. other. Oh, you actually remembered that. Oh, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. And again, another theme would be Miss Clavel waking up in the middle of the night going, something's not right. And it will be trying to find out what the problem is. And obviously the series follows the adventures of a seven-year-old girl called Madeline attending a boarding school in Paris with 11 other girls under the care of Miss Clavel. The first book was published in 1939 and proved to be a success. So Bemelmans wrote many sequels in the 1940s and 50s. I don't know why you're laughing. 1939, Austrian author. Austrian-American. Oh, okay. I was thinking. Didn't end well. Don't, yeah, no. Mm, no war let's, jokes? Let's not go there. Let's not go there. And in the first book, it's all about Madeline getting her appendix removed or having her appendectomy. And, yeah, so her papa sends her doll a doll's house and she's recovering in hospital the characters of madeline obviously you've got madeline who's the smallest of the girls and the lead character and she's obviously the bravest and most outgoing miss clavel she's the teacher reminder you got pepito who is the spanish ambassador's son at first he was always being cruel and bullying the girls but then in the end he becomes they're friends. Now, would you have any idea of what the other girls are called? Not even, a, not even a start of a clue. That's fine. There's Chloe. There's Nicole. There's Danielle. There's Yvette. There's Nona. There's Lulu, Anne, Ellie, Monique, Janine, and Sylvie. Those were the names of the little girls. Now. If you're talking nostalgia and something that's just burning inside you, for me it's Madeline as a young, young, young kid. This used to come on on Channel 4 and I just remembered like when I used to not go to school. Like Channel 4 would have like a block of children's programming at like between 12 to like 2 o'clock. And they used to show another cartoon, which I can't for the life of me remember. I'm going to try and find out what that cartoon was. And I'm going to try and talk about that at some point. Because it was like that particular block. And I think Sesame Street used to be another thing that they would show within this uh, within this block. And I think it would be targeting like preschoolers and, and nursery kids who go to nursery. That would be their... Uh, that would be their their block so yeah i used to remember watching madeline a lot the theme song everything about madeline it was just this incredibly incredibly nostalgic and again i did what i did like again about madeline was the rhyming 
And sometimes I would watch it and I would try and second guess it. So they'd be like, Madeline and Pepito are in the park and it's starting to get dark. So Miss Clavel will run to look for them and she will run and run until they run out of sun. And it would go on in, in that in that vein. And I thought that was very, very, very clever and very well well done and well thought of. So let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about Madeline. Let's talk about it. So um, <clears throat> I had never watched Madeline before when I was a kid. Um, so this was the first time. I, obviously, I knew of it. What, are they in a school or an orphanage? Boarding school. Boarding school. Okay. They're not orphans. They they all... The understanding is that they all do have parents that we just don't see or hear about. Yeah, I enjoyed the poem-based kind of storyline. So it's yeah. kind of like the whole episode is kind of a poem, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it has rhyming. It's rhyming the whole way through. Rhyming couplets. Yeah. Um, and it was... It kind of reminded me of um, Rosie and Jim. No, not Rosie and Jim. Tots TV. Because of the French in it. Because obviously, like, <laughs> they're, they're using kind of French words, right? And it's kind of like a little bit educational, a little bit like, yeah, you know, a bit cute. And so that, that was quite nice. But I'm not really sure what else to say about it. It's just like a little nice cartoon. For some reason, it's 20 minutes long, though. I, don't think I thought re- that was fine. I didn't really have any problems with it being that long. Yeah, I mean, I, I found it a little bit draggy, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't have any nostalgia coming out of this. So this is like, uh, for me, this is just a cartoon that I'm discovering for the first time. Well, not really discovering it you, for the first time. You'd never heard of Madeline. I didn't have heard of it, but I'd never seen it. I'd never, I'd never watched even a moment of it. I hadn't watched any of the movies. I knew all I knew was what she looked like, as in this little girl in a little in a little hat. That's all I knew about it. No, I mean. See, 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 I always used to think that my French friends would know Madeline. Yeah. Obviously, Madeline's French, but turns out none of them had heard of Madeline. And maybe partly the reason is because the guy who came up with Madeline isn't French himself. He is Austrian-American. So, so that's twice That's twice now, isn't it? We've had a someone who thinks French is actually Austrian. Marie Antoinette and this oh. guy as well. <laughs> well, I didn't think she was French. I, I, I did my homework. I know she wasn't French, so that was the uh, that was the thing about about Madeline, and yeah, it 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 was a very successful franchise, sold millions and millions and millions of books all around the world. It's shown all around the world. It's very yeah. I I, I you know I think it didn't it didn't drag for me. I was watching it and. Well, I did say that Penny Crayon at times was endearing and even with Angela Anaconda, there was like flashes where you thought, oh, this is this is all very nice. This is all very cute. But like with Madeline throughout, I was watching it and I was like, yeah, I I, I really like this show. I really like Madeline. I think she's adorable. I think she's braver than all of them and a bit of a banter merchant as well when she's always running away from Miss Clavel. And I thought that's very... I can I can relate to that. I can relate to like Madeline's banter. I couldn't relate to her, her banter. I d- it was just kind of there, man. Like I don't really know what to say about it. I Me, mean, he's just there. 
You need to stop being so. I mean, uh, you look really offended. <laughs> be yeah. You need to be. This is a special. <laughs> this is Women's History Month. You need to be here for it. Come on. Madeline needs to be there, man. Well, she was. I mean, right. Let's 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 go on to what you what you brought yourself to watch. So the Forty Thieves. So you probably watched about two episodes, didn't you? I watched three. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, three episodes is enough time to to for, to make an impression. If you say so. So I, th- I watched Madeline and Forty Thieves too. And do you know what notes I wrote about this? Little girl is better than a pro detective? Question mark. It was birds. The end. Well, it wasn't birds, was it? In magpies. It was the little boy. What? What little? There boy? was a little boy involved. No, the little boy. In, is that was it a boy in the park? Yeah. So no, so the boy in the park was wearing the stuff that the magpies got from the from everything. Magpies were nicking everything. Okay. Um, but that's what I wrote. It was like a really weird, convoluted episode where I don't get why it was called the Forty Thieves. Because maybe there's forty birds. Oh. But I was literally like, it was kind of like, oh my god, look at all this problem and everything's getting stolen and ah, oh la 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 la. It's birds. At the end. It was like, oh okay, fair enough. It was a birds. <laughs> um, so the next episode I went on to was um, series four, episode twenty. Now this is where I started to find it really sweet. So premise starts. They go to a flower shop, then they go to a bakery, and the woman that owns the flower shop is very lonely, and the woman and the the guy that runs the bakery is very lonely. They don't he doesn't do anything apart from work, and she's the same. Um, so Madeline is like, that's a real shame. Yeah, and so she tries to. Um, come up with what's his name Felipe Pepito Pepito (laughs) Um, Felipe um, (laughs) uh, so I just said it now (laughs) dude what's his name Felipe (laughs) Pepito wow I just literally said it two seconds ago okay so (laughs) so um, wake up McFly so Pepito um, and Madeline come up with a plan to Release Pepito's dog. This is his dog, right? Um, and no, the dog is you. You mean Genevieve? Yeah, that's the 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 house dog. Okay, so the house dog. They release the house dog, and then do you know like uh, it's it's the same meat cute as um, hundred and one Dalmatians. Okay. So the kind of dogs make a thing, and then yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 they get together. So they end up meeting each other and going for coffee, and you know, it actually ends up being a wedding but in the meantime and i'll never be able to remember this guy's name because it's very similar to pepito but pepito's cousin i've got i didn't watch this episode starts with p it's on you it rhymes with pepito because obviously it has to because the the um the guy's introducing him um on the voiceover and so basically he's teasing pepito saying oh you can't be friends with a girl that's stupid that's disgusting you know you're a sissy you know all of these things um, and Pepito caves in and he gets really embarrassed about it. So he decides to um, stop being friends with Madeline. And he kind of cuts her off. And she comes to the door and says, like, what's going on? You have, they have this little tree thing where they put in, like, trinkets in the tree. And they kind of swap. But they never see each other. But they just kind of swap. Um, and he stops doing it. So she gets worried. And she goes to his house. And he's like, nah, I'm not coming out. I'm not playing. I don't want to be with you. Slams it, doesn't slam the door. He goes, Okay, sorry, bye, and just closes the door in her face. Um, then she goes to the tree, and Pepito's cousin has put something in the tree. 
a note in the tree where it says Pepito hates Madeline. So she reads it and she's devastated. And the kind of episode progresses where the the baker and the florist get together and they actually end up getting married. So they invite all the kids to the wedding, including Pepito. But because he's not there, Madeline has to go and give the invitation to him. Um, and so she kind of just has it out of him, like, what's going on? Why are you not talking to me? What's go- What have I done? And then he explains the whole situation. And then she says, I found this letter. And he said, no, I'd never do that. And they end up being friends. And Pepito stands up to his cousin and says, like, you're a donut. Um, and then they went to the wedding and everyone was happy and they lived happily ever after. Um, so that was a nice episode. I enjoyed that one. Uh, now, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about the next episode. So... Oh, so also I, know, I noticed that in season four they changed, and also it was at season four, but in season four they changed the theme tune. Yeah, and it wasn't as good as the first one. I, I enjoyed like the first one. Was, I like it. It was okay, but I mean, come on, like Madeline, yeah. Madeline. Yeah, I thought yeah, that that's, was that's better. iconic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I found that better, and I was a bit like, "Where's the cool theme tune?" It's one of the things I really liked about it. Um, so the next episode was series four. I don't know what episode, and it's called Madeline and Can. Or as an English person would say, it cans. <laughs> um, so, in Paris, it's raining all the time, and they left the house at half past nine, according to the voiceover, but the clock said half past eight, and I thought that was a rookie, rookie error. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and Madeline, well spotted. So Madeline gets sick, right? So she's she's got a cold or whatever. Doctor said it's a sinuses. She needs to go somewhere hot and somewhere dry, so... The lady, I've forgotten her name, who runs the whole school. Miss Clavel. Miss Clavel. You, every time I don't know a thing, you look absolutely furious. <laughs> um, bear in mind, this is the first time I've ever watched this. This is no different to me than... like. You should Crane. make a note of the characters' names. <laughs> okay, I'll start doing that. Um, uh, so, so she gets a, a ring from um, Mr. Cuckoo Face? Cuckoo something or other? I don't know. This is your episode. Um, and anyway, so they go to... He's in Cairns and he's like having a holiday. So he's invited all of the kids to go with him. So they go out and uh, they go to the beach and then they're having so much fun. And they they say that, Madeline, be careful. Don't stay in the sun too long or you get sunburnt. And she gets sunburnt. And she's not allowed out anymore because she's like red as a lobster. <laughs> And so she starts to watch movies and then someone introduces her to a movie, movie stars and directors and things like that. Um, but she noticed that they're all high maintenance. So she kind of needs to pander to them. So she ends up making this thing where what they do is they, they watch all of the films and they decide whose film is the best. Now, I can't really like, dress it up. Basically, she makes the Cannes Film Festival the Cannes Film Festival. So the whole thing was made up by Madeline. And now, I didn't, I didn't know how I felt about this because I was like, God, the Cannes Film Festival is like an institution. And, yeah. Ma- and Madeline's just nicked it. Unless it was made by Madeline and then I stand corrected. Um, and so they had a, cu- a kind of couple of play... They basically, 
in the end of it, they're like, oh, you made this whole thing, so this is really good, and the winner of the the, the festival is you, Madeline, because you made everything thing. And then someone says, like, um, uh, frankly, my dear, we all agree. And so I, I kind of like these little plays on famous um, lines from movies, and one of the movies was called Went With The Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, it, <laughs> So it's things like that that kind of <laughs> I very love charming. stuff like that. That that stuff is oh brilliant. Obviously, this is completely unreferenced. Like if you don't know about the Cannes Film Festival, you'll never know about you know you'd never get the reference to the whole episode. And if you didn't know about Gone with the Wind, and if you didn't know about Casablanca, yeah. you the, these things were completely you know you you wouldn't you wouldn't know about them, and they would just completely go off uh, over your head. So I, I, I kind of enjoyed that. And I, the more I watched the Madeline, the more I thought it was, you know, more sweet and, and and, and and a good and a good little. Uh, cartoon, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> kind of ran out of steam there, but yeah, it was. It, but I found I did find it very sweet, and I did find it like there were some like real things that kind of made you think, oh, that's really good, and that's really yeah, charming. Yeah, yeah. See, as I said, I I actually watched some of the. Uh, the specials that first came in 1988. Yeah. And yeah, so I watched two of those. So the first, the very, very first one was obviously just called Madeline. And yeah, it just Miss Clavel wakes up, saying that something is wrong. And then she's seeing that Madeline is crying. And basically Dr. Cohen is called and he takes Madeline to the hospital and they find out that she has a ruptured appendix and she has a, an appendectomy and Madeline's in the hospital recuperating. Her classmates come to visit her and they gave her flowers and she got a dollhouse from, from her dad. And Madeline shows them the cool scar that she's got on her, on her stomach, I think. And basically all the little girls are like all crying going, oh, we've got. We want our appendix removed. We want our <laughs> appendix removed. Such is uh, such is the way. And basically, Miss Cavell's just like, "Oh, you guys are fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it." The other one I watched of the special was Madeline and the Gypsies. So they all go to the fair. The Gypsies are in town, and they're all having a really, really good time. It starts to rain, I think, and Madeline and Pepito are left on the Ferris wheel because they're all rushing and they just completely forgot about them too. And basically, Gypsy Mama rescues them from the Ferris wheel and they're all like, oh, we want to be like Gypsies. We want to live that life. So they end up sneaking onto the Gypsy caravan and as you can hear in the background, oh, this was such a really nice song. It's like Slovakia, Slovakia, we're on the gypsy caravan. And so they're singing that song. And it appears at the beginning that they're loving life as gypsies. And they're part of the traveling circus. And their job is to be a lion. So Pepito takes the front, Madeline takes the back. 
and yeah they're all just pretending to to be lions rah 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 and then all of a sudden they're like you know what we miss home so they sing a really lovely song about me not being home and missing home and they they write a postcard to miss clavel and once they uh write the the postcode miss clavel grabs whatever she's like oh let's let's go and get madeline and let's go and get pepito and yeah they uh they do one more show for the road and then they leave the gypsy life and they go back home to their homes and yeah yeah obviously the first episode of the 93 version was madeline and the 40 thieves and yeah, you talked about that it was magpies all along I watched Madeline and the Soccer Star. And so Madeline's country cousin, Andre, comes to town. Everyone thinks he's nothing but a country bumpkin. Because all he just does is just grows vegetables. And he isn't the sharpest tool in the box. But they're all um, playing football. And, they're, and they're, they have something missing. And it turns out that the country boy, Andre, he's really, really good at kicking stuff really, really hard and accurately. And Madeline is like, just imagine the ball is a big cabbage. And so he starts kicking really, really hard and really, really well. And they end up winning the big football match against their rival team. So that was a really nice, cute episode. Madeline in New York. And so they're all trying to figure out their uh, what they're going to do when they go on um, their annual trip. And so Miss Clavel's like, oh, you know what? We're going to go to the United States of America. And they're all like going, yay, yay, yay. We love it. And I want to go to the Statue of Liberty. And I want to see the Yankees. And I want to go to Fifth Avenue and Broadway and all that stuff. And while they're all in New York, they're discovering all these foods and they're like, oh, we're not really sure. And they discover peanut butter. And what they do at the end, they go, we love our bread. We love our <laughs> peanut butter. And most of all, we love each other, which I thought that was really nice. Really cute, really cute touch. And yeah, they're at the Yankees game and basically... Because Madeline catches the first home ball run of the season. She's rewarded. Madeline Madeline is rewarded by a millionaire. And he basically gives Madeline the Brooklyn Bridge. It's hers now. But basically a truck spills peanuts, popcorn and other snacks all over the rail, all over the Brooklyn Bridge. And motorists are all becoming irate because they're all like, we're trying to get home. What the hell is all this all about? And so, basically, Madeline decides to donate the bridge to the city because it's like, I don't really know what to do and it's not really my responsibility. And basically, the girls, the other girls, they bring French fries to the ball game because there's no snacks. And everyone's going, oh, why don't we... And the little girls are going, have some pommes frites. Have some pommes frites. And all these Americans are like, oh, this is not quite bad, actually. This is this is quite nice. So they uh, introduce 
French fries to America. So Madeline is like pretending to like introduce so much stuff to the world. It just takes stuff. It's like, uh, what should we invent? Um, water? Yeah, just pretend Madeline invented water. But what, what, what you, what you have to remember about Madeline is that some of these stories were written in the what forties and fifties. So yeah. maybe they didn't have pommes frites in uh, America at that time, and they're introducing it to a new audience or a new new bunch of people so i think that's uh one of the uh, things to uh, bear in mind madeline and the magic carpet so basically i think yeah pepito he's having a his parents got his parents are ambassadors and so they're having a uh a fancy shindig at his house and basically he's talking about uh, a magic lamp that his dad got from a far away land in Persia somewhere or some cliched rubbish. And yeah, so they're trying to see if the lamp works, but it turns out it doesn't. And then Pepito is like, oh, this is trash and he throws it away. And then a magic carpet comes to Madeline in the middle of the night. And so he's like, we got to find this discarded lamp because it has a genie inside. And Madeline wakes up Pepito and they go on this adventure of Paris going all around trying to find the uh, the lamp that goes missing. And so they basically find the lamp with uh, a captain of a boat. Because he, he said, oh, well, I, I found it and I really like it. It looks a lot like my teapot. And then they reunite the carpet and genie. And then, yeah, so they're going around Paris making people's dreams come true. Because, yeah, the, uh, the lamp is retrieved and Madeline gives it a rub. And the little genie comes out and... The next morning when Madeline goes, oh, do you remember the adventure we had? And Pepito's like, what are you talking about? What adventure? And she's like, yeah, the adventure we had. We went on a magic carpet ride around Paris. And Pepito's like, yeah, I don't know what you're on about, mate. <laughs> and he's like, you probably dreamed it. And that's when Madeline thought, oh, yeah, definitely it was a dream. But if it was a dream, how did the lamp? end up under madeline's bed doom 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 plot twist but uh, yeah that was a that was a nice episode and the uh, the last episode i watched was madeline and the new girl and so basically there's a new girl lakshmi she's from india and basically the girls think she's an alien and they find her she's like upstairs in the attic and she's trying to talk to her friend on some radio device and it looked like she had antennas on her head and all the girls are going oh my god she's an alien she's an alien she's an alien let's let's stop her or let's 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 uh let's try and make sure that she stays away from us and so all the girls are being really hostile towards her and so miss clavel has to explain that oh the reason why the word we use the word i think miss clavel had used the word alien as well 
but she meant it in the like you know illegal alien like describing foreigners as aliens yeah so it was from that basically that they were saying oh that's why alien 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 and madeline finds her in the museum and she was like i'm really sorry that we treated you this way we're gonna look after you i promise and also i think before seeing lakshmi in the museum madeline sees the uh radio device that she was trying to communicate her friends to and obviously her friend is like oh you must be madeline lakshmi talks a lot about you i'm happy that you're looking after her and obviously madeline felt guilty she was like look i promise we're gonna look after your friend and we're not gonna we're not gonna treat her like some other person we're gonna treat her as she's like one of the family and 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 whatnot and we're going to try and ease the pain of her being homesick. And so, yeah, that's how. And it ends with Madeline going to Lakshmi, look, you know, you can show us how to use the telescope. You can show us how to, I don't know, look at different, look at different things and and whatnot. And uh, yeah, that was the uh, the last episode that I watched. I think all in it was like a pretty pretty nice cartoon i think it grew on me as it as the episodes kind of went on yeah no i i i really i really liked madeline it was again something that that took me back to my childhood it was very memorable very nostalgic i still am amazed that not a lot of french people know this i mean i'm sure i've got listeners in france like how come y'all don't know Madeline? How come none of y'all know Madeline? This is like set in the old country and bigging up France in every conceivable way. But yeah, like this, this cartoon, this franchise was, was something that I really, really liked and I really, really enjoyed watching again. So uh, good job, good job. And I think that would be a good place to end the first of the women's history month episodes and uh yeah next week will be uh more of the same more of the same so if you liked what we did give us a listen we're on wherever you get your podcast from you could uh, follow us on the socials at yesterday's capers one on twitter it's yesterday capers you can follow me abdullah underscore molim on Instagram, you can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Again, give me a holler, give me a shout. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're not doing right. And uh, we'll do our best to make this as great as possible for you for this next month and beyond. So uh, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers because that's all there is. There isn't any more.